it's only a kick, a jump, a block, it's only a serve, it's only a tackle, a run, it's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not and, uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. If you fell asleep after the Bengals made it to the Super Bowl around this time last year and you're just now waking up, you're not in a dream. The Bengals are heading back to the AFC Championship. They're heading back to Arrowhead in just two days. Talk about deja vu. And the time is almost now. Welcome into another postseason preview edition of the Strictly Stripes podcast. Got the whole gang back together. Muhammad Ahmad here with you with Mike Nislik and Andrew Gillis. And we've had a lot of fun talking with our special guests like Dan Horde and Lance Risland this week. So, Got to the point now we're going to have our predictions, our previews, our final thoughts, and all of the implications that we haven't talked about already heading into this game. And Before we do that, uh, just looking at the Bengals' latest injury report, no shocker, Alex Kappa and Jonah Williams didn't participate in practice Friday. They are both out. Uh, Joe Bocci, Trey Flowers, Sam Hubbard, Hayden Hurst, Ted Karras, DJ Reader, all a full go. Bocci was battling a foot injury. He's mostly played on special teams. Uh, Trey Flowers, who missed the divisional round game with a hamstring injury, appears to be good to go. Uh, and Hayden Hurst, who, again, was limited on Thursday, said he is good to go. Zach Taylor confirming that as well. Uh, so other than those two uh, starters on the O-line, got to feel pretty good if you're the Bengals. Um, and as for Patrick Mahomes, he's been pretty much fully practicing all week. So he is going to play, and he is going to play in what looks to be a better shape than he was on Saturday with the high ankle injury. Because uh, if for those of you who didn't see, I think it was his, uh, it was the Chiefs' physical trainer tweeted a picture. It was like an X-ray of an ankle with the caption of "Here's a look at Patrick Mahomes' ankle," and I had a dog, like a literal dog, in the X-ray. So. I think it's safe to say the Chiefs are feeling pretty good about uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think Vegas is feeling pretty good about it, too. I believe the latest line has the Chiefs. uh, It does have them favored, but it has them favored by one and a half. Um, They moved it to Chiefs by one the other day, so it moves up a half point, unsurprisingly. I wonder if that tweet might have moved the line a half point. But either way, um, the Bengals don't care about being overdog, underdog, whatever nerve you want to call it as we've heard from so many players all week, including Joe Burrow and Joe Mixon. Uh, Before we get into our actual predictions and thoughts, I mean, we're looking at the line. Like we said, it's Chiefs by one and a half. Do you guys agree with that assessment, or do you think it should have been a pick kind of like what we saw on Wednesday before we saw more of the Mahomes video come out? I mean, two two of the best teams in the league are playing right now. So uh, I've I've kind of been checking periodically. The line has gone from, you know, I think it opened Chiefs minus one, then it went to Bengals minus two and a half. Now it's Chiefs minus one or whatever it is. Like it, uh, it it's kind of fluctuated, but I think uh, it's fair. I mean, 
the line hasn't gone minus three for either team. You're talking about uh, two teams that are really, really close together in skill level and talent. Um, this is going to be a really close game, I think. And uh, yeah, I, I, I mean, I would, I would probably, if I, if I were to have to set a line on it, I would probably favor the Chiefs too. I mean, they're playing at home. Um, I, that that really can't be overstated in the playoffs. So, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it's it's been close all week. That just that just strikes me as kind of what it's been and what it's going to be up till uh, up till kickoff. Yeah, I mean, and the lines for to encourage betting, so it's not necessarily you know uh, a straight prediction. So, I mean, you, you kind of go where the money goes, and uh, I think that you know that's where they've kind of settled, and I think. At home, you know, with Patrick Mahomes, maybe 90%. Um, I think that that's probably a fair line. You know what they say, scared money don't make money. And so I think folks who are looking at the Bengals as an underdog, uh, they feel very strongly about that because they were even bigger underdogs entering last year's AFC Championship game. I forget what the line was, but it was definitely lower than what Vegas has set right now with the minus one and a half, like I said. Um, and I think anyone who... Felt that way, probably felt good after that game, just given the the odds that were in the game when the Bengals were down 18 before halftime. And again, I don't think that's going to be the case this weekend. It was not the case even when they played back in December. Um, so it is going to be a close game, like Andrew said, and that's why I think we can just jump right into the predictions. I think I'm just going to kind of lead it off. And you guys will laugh at me, and that's fine, because I think other people listening will laugh at me too. But I'm going to say the Bengals win. 27-24. Why is that funny? Because the Bengals have beaten the Chiefs by that same score in each of their last two meetings, including that AFC Championship meeting last January. Because, I mean, and again, like this is, I feel very strongly about this because obviously the game in December went a lot differently than the game in January. The Bengals actually led early in that December game. Um, they did come back both times, but the comeback wasn't as drastic the second go around. But at the same time, just when you consider how much better Mahomes is from Saturday, how much better in general Burrow is from December, and how much better he was from January playing in that December game, um, it, it just it just seems like it's meant to be. Like there, there's just this equilibrium that I think is going to favor the Bengals because Lou Anarumo has just been able to figure out Mahomes. I think Burrow has just been able to figure out Steve Spagnolo and his defense. So it's just kind of the opposite ends of that spectrum, but to where the Bengals, like I said, will have that edge. I mean, Jamar Chase and T. Higgins are playing at a level they've never played at before. At least they're, they're playing their best ball, some of the best ball in their careers, and they've done it against the Chiefs. Like, T. Higgins only had three catches against Kansas City. Clearly, they had him clouded more in that December game, but guess what? One of those catches was a touchdown. The other one was a third and 10 catch that sealed the game. As for Jamar Chase, didn't have a touchdown in December. Had one in January, even though they kept clouding him in that game. T. Higgins actually had the better game, so it was the opposite in January. But even if you cloud Jamar Chase, then, and like we've seen now, yeah, good luck. Um, it is going to be a little more challenging, though, I think because, like Joe Burrow said earlier, they have younger corners. Uh, they have Justin Reed. Uh, and they have a much younger, fresher defense. Chris Jones and Frank Clark, we can't say enough about them. I've already talked about how good they are. So I think, you know, their names speak for itself. But Burrow is so much more elusive. Like, he, even if Chris Jones is getting better, so is Burrow. If Frank Clark is beating the edge, well, so is Burrow in terms of escaping that. 
I think Burrow is just more elusive. Bengals receivers aren't going to be phased by the noise at Arrowhead. I have confidence in the Bengals offensive line, even without Kappa and Williams, because we've already seen two playoff games, or I guess technically a playoff game and a half without both of those two playing together. Um, and even without Lyle Collins, who's been gone since the end of the regular season, Hakeem Adeniji has stepped up well. Even if he's shaken off a little rust, he is absolutely shaking it off. And Jackson Carmen and Hakeem Adeniji were both part of that run last year. You know, obviously they had a different role coming into this year, but how lucky for the Bengals that that experience is coming in handy when they need it the most. So uh, the depth there is absolutely saving them. And it's going to save Joe Burrow big time when, you know, the Chiefs try to rush four or try to get to Burrow because it ain't happening. It is not happening. I think the Bengals go into Burrowhead, I mean uh, Arrowhead, and I think they win 27-24. And I don't know if it's going to be a walk-off field goal. I'm, I'm not so certain about that. I don't know if, if there's even a line on that, if it's going to be a game-winning field goal. But, I mean, it's going to come down to a field goal. I just don't know if it's going to be a game-winner like we saw in uh, January. I'll go. I, I, I had a similar prediction. Um, I picked 28-24. Um, Bengals win. I, You know – I mentioned this earlier in the week. Patrick Mahomes at 70%, you know, give or take, is the what best quarterback in the league. He's still really, really good. Um, you know, he's still a top 10 at least quarterback, uh, even if he has to be just a straight pocket passer. Um, but I think any, any hindrance to his game is really gonna, really gonna impact the, uh, impact the Chiefs because, Again, you know, one of the things that they do so well is that Patrick Mahomes can scramble. When he gets out of the pocket, he's really dangerous because he can throw it anywhere on the field that he wants. Uh, you look at Travis Kelsey. Travis Kelsey's great at finding space in, in defenses, finding holes in defenses. Um, you know, he could really take over a game. But if you take that away, I think you limit the Chiefs' offensive ability. Uh, and I think really in a game that, this, that is going to be this close, that's all you need. Um, you know, the Bengals are really confident right now. Um, you know, you, you, you start to wonder bordering on overconfident. Uh, you know, you hear about Burrowhead, you hear about all this kind of stuff that, uh, that is going on. Um, you know, just how, you know, the things that they're saying, they're just a confident bunch, but I mean, at some point they know they're really good and they are really good. So, um, you have to kind of ride with that. So, uh, I think the Bengals are going to win. Uh, I think they're going to go in and they're going to squeak one out. I don't think it's going to be, you know, one of these games where it's, uh, you know, 21-7 and they have to, um, you know, the Chiefs kind of have to mount a comeback late. Th this strikes me as a game that the Bengals are going to be in control of the whole way. And, uh, you know, even if it's not necessarily like last week in Buffalo, I think that they're going to have uh, – kind of a grip on this thing from, from the start and, you know, be ahead seven, 10 points all game. And um, I think, uh, I think they're going back to the Super Bowl by with a, uh, with a, with a four point win. Yeah. I, it feels like it's the um, narrative is, is uh, you know, that the Bengals have talked about being sort of a slighted throughout the season. It feels like this week, everybody's kind of forgotten what, Kansas City did this season. Um, I mean, I know the loss to the Bengals looms large, but I mean, this team was fourteen to three, uh, had the best offense uh, in the league by uh, you know fair, decent margin, um, best passing offense in the league, high scoring team in the league, uh, efficient you know top ten in terms of efficiency, uh, run game, the best offensive lines per you know uh, in terms of protecting their quarterback. 
uh, and you know, kind of go down the line defensively, a team that was better statistically than the Bengals in almost everything except points per game, but that was less than a point. Um, and Patrick Mahomes seems to be moving pretty well. I mean, um, you know, you don't know what that'll fully look like until Sunday, but, um, you know, I, I don't think we're getting sort of like a, like I mentioned on the podcast yesterday, sort of a Brett Favre when he was in with the Vikings at the end of his career sprain, you know, where you can barely walk and, and you know, you really should be on crutches. This feels like the complete opposite. Um, so I, I think Kansas City's going to kind of break, I guess, the curse, uh, win a close game, uh, say 30 to 26. Uh, you know, I, I just feel like, Kansas City is a very good team, and their resume, you know, five straight AFC uh, championship game appearances, a Super Bowl, um, not so, a Super Bowl win, not something to be discounted, and it feels like people are kind of glossing over. You know, the Bengals are sort of the hotter team, um, you know, I guess, but I, I don't think Kansas City is far off of that. And, um, you know, it's at home, uh, and, and it just feels, you know, I, I don't know. I just feel like they're being overlooked a little bit as, as the number one seed right now. <laughs> uh, it was a Chris Jones today said, you know, see all at Burrowhead or who I forget who said that on the Chiefs, but like the Chiefs that was, are pissed. That was, that was him. It was that Chris was Jones. Yeah, the Chiefs are pissed. Like the Chiefs are very aware of everything that is getting said. Um, you know, Mike said the Bengals are kind of the hot team right now. I think I don't know if you meant that as in, um, you know, they they won you know however many games in a row. They're playing really well, but they're also kind of the hot team nationally. That's what I'm um, saying. You know, these, I mean, I think it's both. Yeah. I mean, you really could – but my point was is that they, the narrative is switched. To, you know, it's like they started out as a team that nobody thought they could get back after that right. start, and now everybody's sort of like this is the absolutely the team to beat. So, no, I, yeah, I did I – did Okay, yeah, I, I agree with that because I saw right. some argument this week where it was like, well, if Joe Burrow beats Patrick Mahomes again, there's no argument that Joe Burrow is the best quarterback in the league, which is absolutely not true. I have eyes. Joe Burrow is not the best quarterback in the league. Patrick Mahomes is. Uh, and it's nothing against Joe Burrow. You can make a really good case that he's second. Uh, but Patrick Mahomes is the best quarterback in the league. And, I mean, if he's anywhere close to healthy, um, you know, there was a clip on Twitter that kind of made the rounds the other day where, you know, when he was in the Super Bowl against the Buccaneers, he was throwing things from all different kinds of angles, threw it parallel to the ground, threw it as he's getting tackled. Like, Chiefs to like bank, or excuse and they me, lost. Buccaneers defenders, they lost, but Buccaneers defenders were like, oh my God, if his receivers gave him any help, like we'd be in trouble. Like Patrick Mahomes is very, very good. So um, I think, I, I think Mike's right. I think, you know, Burrow's kind of taking the spotlight here and rightfully so over these last couple of weeks, but Patrick Mahomes is still very, very good. And if you're Kansas well, City, see. if you're Kansas City Go and ahead. you win the coin toss, I absolutely take the ball first. I don't care. Uh, I, know, I take a hundred percent. I know. I know. People in Buffalo were telling me I was crazy last week. I said if I had Buffalo and I had won that toss, I would have taken the ball first. Um, you know, Kansas City uh, uh, has, hasn't hasn't lost a game if they've scored first, so they're in the same sort of mode. Um, but uh, you know, forget the two possessions at the end of the half. I think you need to blunt the impact. Even if you don't score, just hold the ball for a little while. Like get a couple first downs. Um, just kind of throw off, I think, you know, Zach Taylor likes to say, like, being on schedule. Throw off yeah. the schedule somehow. If you can keep the game even score, even if the Bengals score first, but it's late in the first quarter, just prevent them from getting that immediate momentum and feeling good. You know what I'm saying? Like, try to get yeah. something in their way. Throw a roadblock in their way um, to sort of getting off to a hot start. I think is absolutely critical. And if I was 
the Chiefs. Uh, I think that'll be sort of the first interesting real question of the game. Like, what happens at the coin toss uh, if um, the Bengals don't win it? Because I think that's the Bengals should really no matter what. I, I, I that's a really good point. Um, because, yeah. you know, I think uh, everybody kind of looks at the first um, – and we're kind of off traffic, uh, off topic now, but everybody kind no, of looks at the at first Actually, possession. Everybody discussion. looks at the first thing, you know, okay, um, you know, well, if you take a lead and you're up seven, nothing or up three to nothing with you know, nine minutes left. But I also think it's the, the second possession too. That's almost as, that's almost as important because, you know, if the Bengals go down and score kind of like Mike was saying, and even if it's a field goal, it's three, nothing. And the bet in the chiefs punt, or turn the God forbid turn the ball over. Then all of a sudden you're six minutes in. The Bengals are up and they have the ball back. Like you're getting two of the game's first three possessions. I think that that matters. And in an environment like Arrowhead, you want to take the crowd out of it. And if you know, like you said, if the Bengals go up, even if it's seven nothing with two minutes left in the first quarter, you're, you're feeling okay. Um, if the Bengals go up three to nothing and get the ball back with six minutes left in the first quarter you're starting to get a little nervous as crazy as that might sound. So um, I, yeah, I, I absolutely agree with that. Last week I didn't. Um, I thought the Bills should have, should have, uh, should have played defense first. Uh, the weather was bad. You wanted to try and test Burrow in that test the environment. But this week I, uh, I absolutely agree. Whoever wins the toss should take the ball. You know, and I also think to add to that risk reward analysis, like, you know, let's say the Bengals do get the ball, assuming they win the the coin toss and they want to actually take the field. The reason why I think that would make sense is, like you said, you, you take an early lead, you take a little gas out of the raucous, and I mean, like, raucous crowd. Like, that is one of the most raucous crowds in the entire National Football League. You take a little gas out, but if it doesn't work out, well, let's look at history the Chiefs had the ball to end the first half and to open the second half. They didn't score either time. They didn't score at the end of the first half because of a really bad, I don't want to say bad play call. I think it was a good play call, but poorly executed play call by Patrick Mahomes, who uh, tried to get the ball to Tyree Kill, who couldn't get past Eli Apple at the goal line. Again, great play call, just wasn't executed well on the Chiefs end, and it was snuffed out. But then, like, as soon as the second half opened, I mean, it was just, uh, they had to punt. Um, and they were punting almost every time up until that last drive when the Chiefs settled for a field goal to go to overtime. So, you know, with the defense they have, with Lou Anarumo having extremely high confidence that he can stop Patrick Mahomes because, after all, you know, Anarumo's a mad scientist, whether we want to joke about it or not, he really is. Um, the confidence is so high that, like, your offense almost should score, even if it's just a field goal, even if it's just a field goal, take a little bit of gas out, and if it doesn't work out, well, guess what? You have a very underrated, highly deserving of praise defense that can absolutely uh, keep the Bengals in this game. So I like that you said that, Mike. It's a good point. That was well, not a topic at all. Chiefs to take the ball. If I'm the Chiefs, I take the ball. I think the Bengals are yeah. – there's no question the Bengals take the ball. Yeah, but I'm saying – but it also, yeah, for the Chiefs, I think it's the same thing. Like, you could take the gas out of the Bengals on their end and then, like, you know, if they get the ball second half, I also think Kansas City's defense is confident enough that – they'll have something drawn up too to where they can do to Burrow what the Bengals want to try to do to Mahomes. So I was kind of adding to that. But, yeah, I mean, all of that is valid, and I think we're on the same page there. But when we come back on the podcast, we're going to give more predictions, uh, more insights, and kind of put a bow on this before championship weekend. All of that right here on the Strictly Stripes podcast. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg. This is The Deal. 
Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is not as uh, simple as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened up so many more doors. The show is called The The Deal. Deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. And thanks for staying with us on the Strictly Stripes podcast. We've talked about coin tosses because there's been no shortage of that all week. We've talked about the line and the spread and what this game is going to be like and why it may or may not come down to the wire, although we all agree it will come down to the wire. But you know, we've got to talk about the playmakers, the money makers, everyone that's going to get going in this game. Uh, and, of course, that comes with prop bets. Uh, Andrew, I know you're – High on yours. Would you like to lead us off here, sir? Yeah, uh, I like Jamar Chase over 83 and a half yards. Um, that's currently the line set by DraftKings. Uh, is it minus 135 to go over? I think it might have been plus odds to go under. Um, but if you just kind of look at what Chase has done, um, yeah, he had, I mean, he had a massive game the first time they played the Chiefs last, uh, I guess technically it was last January uh, in Can- or in in Cincinnati. Uh, he had 266 yards, but you know through three games he's got 24 catches, 417 yards, four touchdowns on 29 total targets. Uh, that's really really good. Um, you know, in a situation like this, Joe Burrow is going to rely on his uh, on his best offensive player, um, and that is obviously Jamar Chase. Um, I like that. You know, if 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 you want to take it a step further. Uh, he's plus 130 to go over 100 yards, uh, which I don't think is the worst. Um, and is currently uh, over under, or his current over under, I should say, uh, for his receptions is six and a half. So if he goes over that and he gets seven catches, let's say, uh, he averaged 12 yards a catch per uh, per game this year. Um, 12 times seven, 84. Uh, that puts him over. So so basically, if you think that he's going to kind of be what he was during the season and he can get seven catches, uh, he's going to go over. Then if you want to bet him to go over 100, you're basically betting him to break a long one. Uh, his current odds to score a touchdown are actually minus 105 right now. Uh, third best odds behind Kelsey and Mixon. Um, but I also like that if you want to uh, – I haven't. I didn't try and see if you could parlay that, but if you could parlay that, I wouldn't hate that. Um he scored in the last or in the team's last three games. He scored five touchdowns in their last six games. Um, I mean, this is just a moment where Jamar Chase is going to be the heavily featured target, uh, especially if a scenario kind of like Mike was saying, where it's a little bit more high scoring, you get an over under 56. That's a situation where if the game is coming down to it, Joe Burrow is going to throw the ball to Jamar Chase. Like you, you rely on your best players at the end. You're not going to be throwing with all due respect to, you know, Trent Taylor and guys like that towards the end. If you, if you need to win, you throw in the ball to Jamar Chase. So uh, I really like uh, Jamar Chase in this, in this prop bet. There's uh, over 88, over 83 and a half specifically. But if you want to you know, take some other ones, I really like over a hundred yards to score at plus plus one thirty. Over six and a half catches at seven, um, and uh, my, a touchdown to score a touchdown minus one hundred five. I was going to say uh, Hayden Hurst over thirty three and a half seemed like a pretty uh, easy number for him to cross. He's uh, done that in both the playoff games so far. Um, was on track to do that in that first game. Had a couple catches in the first quarter before he got hurt. I know he's kind of dealt with a calf, but I just think that's more of a precautionary thing. Also, uh, don't hate the. Uh, 
what's he at? I think it was plus 270 as an oh, anytime. Yeah, plus 270 as an anytime TD scorer. Um, it's, it seems like a game where he could, you know, when the, when all the focus, uh, is on, a, on, on Jamar Chase and T Higgins, right. uh, he can kind of slip through. You know, Travis Kelsey at one minus 115 feels like a good, um, you know, parlay filler right there just because you kind of feel like he, he has a chance too that those tight ends both, uh, to score this weekend. But I do, uh, 33 and a half, uh, over for Hayden Hurst this weekend. Speaking of tight ends, this is interesting. As we're saying, this uh, Chiefs injury report came out, and it said that McCole Hardman, Justin Watson, and get this, Travis Kelsey are questionable for Sunday's game. But what's interesting is although Kelsey's questionable with a back injury, he was a full participant uh, in practice on Friday, although maybe that does explain why he didn't take the podium. So interesting. But nonetheless, uh, to add to my prop prediction – I'm going to show some love to Joe Mixon. I I was a little hard on him most of December, beginning of the playoffs, but after his game against Buffalo, I'm going to say he goes over 58 and a half yards. Because, look, he had over 100 yards last week, and we can talk about how I personally believe the Bills' defense was not communicating well. They weren't executing well in lieu of that as a result of that. Um, but, you know, we've seen Mixon have these games before. It's not like – Although this hasn't been anything mostly like what he had in his Pro Bowl season uh, back in 2021 when they were in the Super Bowl last year, he's shown flashes. He can do it. And, like, the Chiefs' defense is better than last year. Like, they have the younger players we talked about that Burrow mentioned. Their front four is playing at a very high level. I'd say at a higher level than last year, which indicates why their stats are better and why their grades are better. But, you know, like – the Bengals offensive linemen have dealt with them, what, three times now, and that includes the Jackson Carmens and the Hakeem Adenogies. Like They're going to be used to Chris Jones and Frank Clark and, of course, the former Bengal. Can't forget about him, Carlos Dunlap. I also think Mixon is just playing with such a high confidence right now. Like, you know, I kind of was – I think I was talking to you about this, Mike. I was laughing, like, you know, hearing Mixon say that, like, you know – were the big dog of the AFC. And not that I disagreed with him. I believe the Bengals absolutely were and still are the big dog of the AFC. But part of me was a little bit critical of like, well, he hasn't been the big dog with his carries, but uh, he's backing it up. He he is certainly backing it up. And I think he's going to keep doing that uh, when he heads back to Arrowhead on Sunday. And for as much as the Bengals are a pass-heavy team and as much as that's not going to change really at all, um, you got to give credit to Frank Pollock. I mean, he's not just the one who has polished up the front line. I think he's also just polished the run game because he's a run game coordinator. Uh, he's a big reason why Mixon was able to have a Pro Bowl year, despite the fact that their offensive line was almost completely dismantled. Like that shows you Mixon can do it. You know, he absolutely uh, can put the pedal to the metal if he just finds the right holes, if he can beat the B gap. And, you know, we we're talking with Lance Reislin about this, something that he kind of said that I didn't even really think about because obviously he's the one who knows the X's and knows better than me. You know, they ran a few more ISOs, a few more counters that he said he hadn't seen Zach Taylor run uh, compared to how many times they ran it against Buffalo. And so how much does Taylor stick to that against Kansas City? I don't know. But if he does, it probably could be a plus. I think it's going to be a plus. So I'd say pick the plus. Go over Joe Mixon. 58 and a half yards. I want your all's opinion on this, though, uh, looking at some other props here. Um, Joe Burrow is supposed to be, well, the line has him set at uh, over under 17 and a half yards. Um, I said he would meet the over last week against Buffalo. He did. He had 30 rushing yards, 
20 yards over the over under. Do you think he goes over again? Do you think he uh, breaks out the, the the Joe Shiesty moves against the Chiefs on Sunday? To go to go over 17 and a half? Yes. Um I don't know. Non-running quarterbacks are really really hard to judge in that way because um you just don't know like what what's the way the game's going to unfold. You can get you can get yourself into a bad beat situation there where, you know, quarterback hasn't run all game, you know, he's hit one yard, maybe two yards because they sneaked it. Then all of a sudden the defense clears out on third and 17 and he rushes for 14 and you're like, oh, well, crap. Um, Because then, you know, then with the sneak or two, he's over it. So um, I don't know. Uh, My, I mean, my hunch is lean no, just because, um, you know, I don't like to, if I'm going to make a bet, I'm not going to bet on something where, you know, the evidence is circumstantial. you know, I wouldn't want to say, uh, you know, oh, well, you know, it would take this specific scenario for this to happen. Um, so, I mean, I out of, you know, I guess philosophy, I would just say no. Well, here's an interesting thing, too. So you have Mixon, Burrow, Samaj P. Ryan, Chiefs running backs, Isaiah Pacheco and Jarek McKinnon. No Patrick Mahomes. Nothing showing him uh, with an over-under on rushing yards. Uh, do you think they're just not putting anything out just because of the ankle and they're just not sure of like what he's going to do with his yeah, legs? Yeah. Yeah. They have yeah. no idea. The, nobody really has any idea. Um, like I, I think, you know, there might be some money to be made here on, um, on defensive props. You know, I'm looking at it right now. Um, Cam Taylor Britt over four and a half tackles that I like that. Um, you know, I he's like been, that. he's been kind of jumping into the, into the fray all year. Um, uh, field goals. I mean, field goals made like that always strikes me as something where, um, you know, you could really kind of make some money on, uh, cause it's always one and a half. Um, so if you think, you know, teams are going to get to the red zone and kind of stall out, uh, both McPherson and Butker are over one and a half. Uh, they don't have interceptions, which I am upset about. They had one last week. Um, I believe Mo Egger pointed this out on Twitter the morning of the game, like, Cam Taylor Brett was like plus eight forty to get an interception, and that cashed. Great, I mean, garbage time counts, but uh, yeah, the I, I think interception props would be interesting in this one because you're probably it's a long shot bet, but if you hit it, you're going to be feeling really good about yourself because uh, neither of these quarterbacks turn the ball over very frequently. Well, Cam Taylor Britt did say earlier this week that he is going to get an interception because he's that confident. So I think Cam Taylor Britt and Moeger might be on to something. I definitely think that. Um, here's actually speaking of defensive props, Sam Hubbard over under on him getting a sack is 0.75. It's really the same thing for Trey Hendrickson, Chris Jones, Frank Clark, uh, over under for them is 0.75. Sam Hubbard had two sacks in the AFC championship. He had a sack back in December. Does Sam Hubbard get another sack on Mahomes? Because, well, for me, the answer is yes, because like to add to that, like he just seems to find a way to get to him. Most, most people have a hard time doing that. There's just something about Sam Hubbard and his motor that just allows him to get to Mahomes. And maybe it's because of how they use him as a spy and how he just kind of catches Mahomes off kilter. I mean, does he get a sack no matter what happens on Sunday? Do you, do you see Sam Hubbard getting one? Feels like either coin, one. Coin flip. And those are tough because it's up to the stat guy sometimes to, uh, you know, if they credit somebody with half a sack – um, I don't know. I, I'd, I'd, be, I'd be leery of that. 
Yeah. I don't know. I, I, that's a fair point, and I think something like that happened. It, if it wasn't the Chiefs game, there was another game where like Hubbard had a sack, and then it went to like Trey Hendrickson instead. I don't know the situation, but like I know what you're talking about because it has happened before. But I don't know, man. I, Hubbard has just played so well against this guy. I mean, he may not be the Pro Bowl caliber of Trey Hendrickson. Well. I beg to differ on that. I'm saying some people might say that. I think Hubbard, if he's not a pro bowler already, is on his way there. And part of it is because he just loves to wrap his arms around Patrick Mahomes. He just he, he hugs him after the game, but he also hugs him you know, during the game because they just love each other that much. I think we're going to see a lot of that on Sunday. But, yeah, a lot of interesting takes here. And, again, like we said, um, Mahomes is not being listed for any rushing props, but – I mean, if you guys had to set an over-under, like what would you set an over-under for Mahomes on rushing yards if you were just going to say, forget about the ankle, set a line? Like what would you set a line at? Uh, eight and a half. Um, uh, you know, I think, you know, Mahomes obviously is is pretty effective running the ball, uh, but he doesn't do it. Uh, he hasn't done it in the past. Uh, three of his last four weeks, he's had eight yards. Um, he had 29 against the Raiders in the, uh, uh, in the, in the regular season finale, but he had eight last week. To me, that's more indicative of what you're going to see. Um, you're going to see a guy who, you know, unless it's kind of like we saw with Joe Burrow at the end of a half last week where, you know, the Red Sea kind of parts and there's nobody there and he's got green grass in front of him for, for 20, 20 plus yards. I, I don't see a scenario where, where Mahomes is just, looking to take off and scramble and you know the Bengals I mean the Bengals know what his ankle is right now high ankle sprains I don't care who you are they're really really tough to to play through um not saying Mahomes can't but they are really tough to play through so you know I would I would venture to guess that the Bengals kind of try to make life really really difficult on him and you know make sure that he uh you know he has to stay in the pocket and, and try to beat him what do you think Mike uh I would not sell one. I would. St- I, I'm Vegas. If you're Vegas, you don't sell one. Yeah. I, oh, yeah. Get- like that. That I should clarify. Yeah. If if Vegas should not set one, but if you were asking me what I would set it at, I would set it at that. But yeah, Vegas absolutely should no way should in no way, shape, or form put one out there. And if and if they do, people should not bet it. If you're listening to this and they put out Patrick Mahomes rushing stat, don't take it. It's a trap. <laughs> I don't know. I think uh, the opposite is a trap because I'm, and maybe I'm just being a complete total skeptic, and I'm probably gonna sound like a total idiot for saying this, but I'm not taking away that he had the high ankle sprain. I mean, he did, and like we saw that on Saturday, but I don't know. I, I really think either this dude is that tough that he just doesn't feel the pain. Or they just magically waved the wand, aka they gave him good treatment, and his sprain is like anything but that right now, at least to where it doesn't feel like anything like he felt on Saturday. And so I just think he's going to fool all of us. Like, we're going to look at him like, this dude had a high ankle sprain. Like, again, I, I'm going out on a whim here. I probably sound crazy. I am crazy. I understand that. I, I've accepted that. It's my it's my fate. But if I'm telling you, if if we see this on Sunday where he gets even over eight yards, like, which I get is not a lot because he's not known for that, like, I'll still say we saw it coming. I mean, I don't know if the the Chiefs trainer put that out to like fool people of like, oh, he's going to run all over you or if that really is a bold statement of confidence of like, yeah, he's really got that dog in him and his ankle has that dog in him. Like, I don't know, but I'm going to be a skeptic here and say, yeah, 
there's there's eventually maybe there's going to be a line put out by Vegas, but even if there isn't, we're going to see it. I mean, it's 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 Mahomes, man. It's just, Mahomes. Just to he, clarify, he did, that that was Patrick Mahomes' personal trainer, not the team's trainer. Or I'm sorry, the, that was not the chief. That was not the Chiefs trainer. trainer. That was his personal trainer. Oh, correct. Yeah. Thank you for the clarification, Andrew. His personal trainer. Um, Who's so dog was be some bias there, but <laughs> go ahead, Mike. That's a we great question. Who, we don't know whose dog. I don't know who. No, it's, it's just a bulldog. It's some kind of. They added like the Mahomes headband and like fro to they it. They did, um, yeah. But I don't know. I don't know whose dog. That's a great. What was question. the caption of the tweet? Uh, uh, look, we are I, releasing I an updated X ray of the ankle, and uh, okay. it was a picture of an ankle with a like the holographic. You think dog. it was a real X ray of his ankle? No. <laughs> No, no. Like an old no. X-ray of the ankle? You think it was just a complete fabrication of a photo? Somebody well, else. I mean, I would. I think it would be hilarious. I mean, you're if, saying it's not his dog either? Yeah. yeah. Does he even have no, a dog? Not his dog. I have. I have no idea. idea. I, I, I know just, Travis Kelsey's his dog, but I'm talking about like a dog, dog, like at home. I don't know if him and Brittany have a dog. It's a good question. I don't know. I mean, Brittany's pretty open about their their personal life, so I, I haven't seen a dog. I could be wrong, but um, yeah, that is a good question, Andrew. Or I'm sorry, that is a good question, Mike. I don't know about the ankle though. I think that's just generic. I've I've seen similarly shaped ankles like that because that's a common meme. Like I've I've seen that before. So you've seen that ankle? Like, like something along those lines. Yeah, I mean, because I mean that's a very common meme. I mean. I'm, I mean, I'm someone who almost lives on Twitter, so I've seen a bunch of that, but yeah. The co- a common meme is x-rays with dogs in them? X-rays with dogs, yeah. Like, you've never seen, like, x-ray holograms with, like, a dog? You, you, you don't get, like, the running joke behind it? Like, for example, like, there was one game where, uh, I think it was the game... Dogs are trying to invade our bodies and we need to be careful? Yep. Got that um, dog That's one in. way to look at it. But I'm saying, like, when Jamar Chase had the game against the Saints, and I think this was mostly Bengals fans, but it was still funny. People were tweeting out like X-rays of like someone's rib cage. It was just a generic rib cage, and it had a holographic dog, like the one we're seeing with Mahomes' personal trainer. People were wait, saying, this, "Now wait, you didn't say the dog was he was a hologram." I mean, is that is that how you describe it, Andrew? Is that the right word, hologram? Well, whatever, it's see through. It's a see-through. hologram is different than an actual dog. A hologram, a hologram of a dog, of a it's dog is never been an actual dog. Whatever a see-through dog is, I don't know if I'm using the right word here. Maybe my no, I need to sharpen my vocabulary. Dog. The point is, Patrick Mahomes has is that. Is it dog a dog skeleton him. or like the dog is actually? I... How about this? How, how about after we're done with this podcast, I direct message it to you, and then uh, the people listening to this laughing will be like, oh, now he understands it. How, well, how about no, that? Because people are listening to this asking these same questions. And so, like, <laughs> they don't have the image in front of them, so I'm trying to get them the right, uh, you know, picture, pictures in their head. Ah, Mike Nislick, man. There's no the, consent. The, I, I think the, this is the essence of uh, – I guess you're, what, 40 years old? This is the essence of Gen X versus Gen Z uh, humor right here. I, and I think, yeah, Andrew, what, you're 25, 26? I'm you're on the late end of funny. the... Say that again? I'm being dead serious. I, I don't understand. if Because a hologram is of a dog is different than a image of a dog. 
image of a dog with the skeleton. Maybe Hogger's not the right word. Maybe I misunderstood so you there. Dog but, I skeleton? but that's what I'm saying. So it's the skeleton. So the dog's getting the MRI as well, or it's just the dog and it's a whole dog? <laughs> On that note, I think everyone is ready for the weekend. I can tell you right now, all three of us are, because all three of us will be at Arrowhead Stadium. We'll have a post-game podcast for you from Arrowhead. Uh, And no matter what happens, win or lose, we'll have a long, lengthy, in-depth podcast because there's going to be a lot to talk about from Sunday's game, no matter how this one goes. But follow along with more of our coverage, cleveland.com slash Bengals. We've got more previews. Got great stories, great analysis. We talked about Mike's story on Zach Taylor's pregame motivations. It's a great story that you have to read if you haven't already. Same with Andrew and I. We've had some great content for you this week. Check it out, cleveland.com slash Bengals. Once again, for myself, Andrew Gillis, and Mike Nisley, enjoy the weekend.